Hey, Outlander Cast Clan, guess what? Black Friday is coming up real quick, and Castle Massey wants you to know that they've got you covered. Castle Massey's dedication to customer service and product quality really knows no bounds, and to prove it, just for Black Friday, they are offering deals up to 25% off. And as a special just to the Outlander Cast Clan, if you use the coupon code OutlanderCastB. F. That's right. Outlander cast B as in black and F as in Friday at checkout from castlemassey.com. They're going to give you another 20% off on top oh of my the God. original discounted price. That is potentially 45% off your purchase. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. You know, I think this is going to be a first time ever. A first time ever for a sponsor. Right? I gave him the long one guys. for that. Seriously. So stop wasting time, brain power. You basically just need to head to castlemassey.com to check out this amazing deal. Don't forget, OutlanderCast BF. Do you trust me, Claire? With my life. And with your heart? Always. And this will be our home. We'll call it Fraser's Ridge. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everybody. How's it going? My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I feel like every time I hear the word always, I, I can't think but help of, of one thing. You're a wizard, Harry. I can't. Anytime <laughs> I, I know, hear the word always. I know. That was supposed to be like this beautiful little moment, and she says always, and all I could think of was freaking Snape <laughs> and having a doe as as his uh, Patronus. As his Patronus. I got you. I, I got you, boo. I mean, this is, this, this is like legitimate. No! Yeah, this your nerd is level real just nerd got up. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm intermixing two different fandoms. But this is one of the reasons that I love you. Why so many <laughs> listeners love us as well. Well, before we get to the rest of the show, we want to make sure that you are following Outlander Cast and, of course, subscribed to the podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all with the title Outlander Cast. And you can also become an official member of the Outlander Cast Clan at OutlanderCastClan.com. That's right, OutlanderCastClan.com, guys. Check it out. That is where you can get great benefits, extras this season, like the extra off air after dark podcast episode or as Blake likes to say after dark <laughs> access to special Outlander cast giveaways which you hear more about at the end of this episode there's free swag and much more
Okay, Blake, let's get into the show. Getting right into it. Right into it, my friend. So the episode title was called The False Bride, which mm-hmm. is entitled after the song that... Uh, Roger sang. Y- y- your boy Roger sang. Yep. And Mary, I think Mary's crush on Roger has just... In, like. Yep. I think it's increased at a, at a nominal rate of about 150%. That's a good, good assumption. Um, yeah, I'm, and I, I'm a little jealous of Roger right now because the man can play the guitar, he can sing, he's got like this great beard action going. You've got a good beard. Yeah, it's not as good as Roger's. No, it's not as good. As, I don't got the connectors. <laughs> I don't. I don't got the connectors that connect my mustache to my to my chin. That's no. the problem. That's okay. It's the fine. Connectors. His, his, love- his beard game's on fire. Truly, just like the stag. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. I got you. I got you. All right, so tell me some of the details of this episode. The writer was Jennifer Yale, and this is a a first-time writer for Outlander. She was brought in for season four of Outlander, and she's actually- She needs all the snaps. All the snaps. uh, First-time writer, and it was this episode. Well done. You know what? I'll I'll even do it again. Jennifer Yale. Well done. That's right, girlfriend. She gets the outstanding two outstandings in this episode. Welcome, welcome to the family, Jennifer. Um, she is again, again, a, a new producer on the show as well. Her, she's actually been a staff writer uh, for season eight of Dexter, which, it, for most of you Dexter fans, you know that it's a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. And she was probably actually brought on by the previous writer uh, for Do No Harm, which is Karen Campbell, who also served. In season eight of Dexter, so there's the connection between the, oh. uh, between those two. The uh, she was also a story editor uh, for, and she wrote one episode of Da Vinci's Demons, which is also on Stars. Okay, and she's actually written an episode of that terrific show on FX called Legion. Uh, it's 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 bit within the X Men universe, uh, and your boy Matthew Crawley is the main uh, okay. is the main actor. Um, okay. Yes. And he is in. He's incredible. The whole show is 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 incredible. It's an amazing show. Uh, show run by Noah Hawley. Um, so this, is, unfortunately, unfortunately, this is her only episode what? of Outlander this season. Jenny. So I'm just saying that out there right now. Uh, it's unfortunate. We'll get into why. The director was Ben Bolt, who has directed a ton of like, like random television shows and a ton of like foreign television shows. But Plus the, he has a great name. Uh, the Ben Bolt, I know. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something. I'm not going to say it. It's, it sounds like another name that you'd use in an industry that oh, it, it, it's going to be unmentioned. Okay, here. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's directed actually an episode, uh, two episodes of Downton Abbey, episodes 102 and 103 of Downton Abbey. Uh, and also an episode of of Vikings, another great show on the on the on the History Channel. Ooh. So, and uh, the DP is a brand new guy. His he's like straight up from like he's straight up Dutch. Uh, his name is Stein Van Der Vieken. Oh, nice! And he has done a ton of Dutch independent films and like shorts. But he also worked on that show Shetland as a DP as well. So nice. there's the details, the deets, as the young the kids deets. say. Yes. Uh, for for this episode. So now it's time for our kilt rating for yes. this episode, guys. I'm giving it a big old five. I'm giving it a big old five, and I'm so excited. <sighs> this is a good old episode. Yeah. So, such a good episode that one of my favorite threads on Facebook, uh, it's it's the Midnight Maniacs. 
shout out to my Midnight Maniacs oh, Facebook hey th- messenger thread. Um, <laughs> my Our dear friend, Ann Gavin, <laughs> was writing, I'm watching it a third time. I just can't stop hitting replay. <laughs> and I was like, it is that good. It's that good that you just want to hit replay yet again. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know it's a good old five. How about you, Blake? I'm giving this one a four nine. I liked it. That's pretty much a five. It's almost a five. Uh, and I liked it better than the premiere. So in order, I'm, I'm take cornered on this one because uh-huh. I gave the premiere a four eight. Okay. And since I'm cornered and I liked it better than the premiere, yep. I got to go four nine. It's not five. It ain't perfect. Yep. There's some couple of things in there that, 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 that put it down. But yeah. this is what a... This is what makes a good Outlander episode. It's got a little bit of humor. It's got a little bit of plot. It's got a whole lot of investment in character relationships. And there's also this bit of involvement of the supernatural and the mystery all over again. And not only that, Mm -hmm. your your girl, Jennifer Yale, I I mean, can can I count her as my girl? Sure. She could She could be ours. Oh, yeah. Our girl. Our girl. Our girl, yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Yale, lets all of that allow to have the time to breathe. Yes. And, and which is something that I feel like the previous episode didn't really have. Uh, and you you all know, all, all the Atlanta cast clan, you know how much mm-hmm. I want things to breathe. And this episode was a perfect example of that. My darling, what do you got for your GBG? Oh, my GBG. Ready for this? Drum roll. <laughs> One of the things that I was looking the most forward to in season four mm-hmm. was Strawberry Fields. Oh, okay. Because that was, you know, what met, made Jamie and Claire originally stop. But like the Beatles, and Strawberry Fields, they didn't play that song. that this is where they wanted to have Fraser's Ridge. <laughs> uh, this, this is home. Uh, so home has, the place has been established. What a beautiful shot. However... I need to say a couple of things about those strawberries, even though this is my good. Mm-hmm. I still don't really understand what season we're supposed to be in, guys. <laughs> I thought we were in fall in North Carolina. I don't know about you. I think it's just permanent foliage. Yeah, permanent golden like autumnal foliage. And strawberries don't come around here in the fall. That's a, that's a late spring kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the other thing I had to say about strawberries was, I'm sorry, but if I was Claire, and if I was knocked out, and hiding under a tree, and cold and sopping and wet, and by the time Jamie found me and we kept going far, far away on our horses, I would not have just picked a couple of berries and eaten like I was Sam Hewen <laughs> in real life. I would have literally gotten on all fours and mouthed all of those strawberries off and stuffed my face. So props to Cat uh, and Sam for not doing what Jamie and Claire would have done, which is, oh my God, I'm so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, seeing Strawberry Fields and finding Fraser's Ridge, that was my good. My bad. My bad. A little awkward and hard to say this, guys. Bree's smacking of Roger. Mm -hmm. A, ouch, what is going on? B, it was so hard that he bled. His mouth was bleeding. So... I don't like when couples are hitting each other in this series. I yeah. just, I'm not a fan for that. And I know that he was like talking I mean, yeah, about. He said some bad stuff there. Yeah, but saying, so here's the thing. He said some bad stuff. What would have happened if this was uh, opposite and had Roger smacked Bree so hard Ooh, that her mouth would have good bled? Good one, good one, good one. Would we be like, oh, whatevs. She called him a slut. Totally okay. She, he, she deserved it. No, we wouldn't. So um, I was like, 
okay, kind of felt uncomfortable when the smack came. And then when I saw a little blood on, on my Roger's lip, <laughs> I was like, oh, hell could no. This, could this have to do with the fact that you just are oh, slightly no. bi- biased towards Roger? I don't know. That's why I want people to let me you know. You did just say my Roger's lip. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just saying, did anyone else see that and go, excuse me, Brie? What'd you just do? Uh-uh, uh-uh, girl. <laughs> and then my great... Is next year's Highland Highlander Games across the world? Attendance is going to be insane, and everyone's going to be saying, "Where's the stag?" Because that Highland Games presentation, like the way they were able to do that with what they said, two hundred people max. You know, they were just like, "Okay, girls who are dancing. After this, you're then going to go, and you're going to be part of the Stewart family, and just say, yeah." (laughs) Like they just used that small amount of people, that small space, to really create this beautiful engagement fun event that if you have not gone to a Highland Games before, now you're probably going to want to go. So that made me excited. It was just the whole Highland Games experience. I want to dance. I can't wait to take you. I totally want to go. I know. You just need to stop working all the time and then you can come. (laughs) I've been going. Yeah, that's actually true. You have (laughs) How about you? What's your GBG? Well, you know, uh, as as a lot of you know who are listeners of the This Is Us 2 podcast, the, the other podcast that Mary and I do, uh, about This Is Us on NBC, you know that there's a thing in there that I always say, which is, I want horses, not ponies. <laughs> it, you can't have six ponies and make up for one good horse. Correct. You can't have six medium episodes and say, I'm making them, I'm, that's all made up for one really good episode. Well, I am extremely proud, extremely proud to say that I got some, <laughs> I, I got some big horses in this nice. episode. And the first, the good. Well, it's a tie for me, really, which is I finally got a grip on why Roger and Bree are so appealing mm-hmm. to, the, to the book readers. Um, and, I, and I'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But I finally like I can get my hands in something and say, OK, I, I see it. And it's actually it's not for the reasons that you're thinking, by the way. It's because they're so imperfect like they're the opposite of Jamie and Claire. Yeah. And I'm kind of like... They're like so nerdy. I'm into that. Right? I'm into that. Welcome to the club, my friend. So uh, also, secondly, and this is it's a tie-in to it, which is what it appears that we have a new Roger and Brie theme. The, the song that was playing as they were doing the, 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 the Kaylee dancing. It almost started to sound like the Druid's dance. So I was like, is this the Druid's dance? Right, What's right, going on? And right. then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, this is Brie and Roger. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I was kind of into that too. The bad for me, also a tie. Uh, the slow-mo at the end of the Brie and Roger dance. Oh, don't hate. Oh. Was it was it totally Jack and Kate from Titanic? Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> oh sorry that, that's, I'm not allowed to sing that's no. a commandment um, I just that whole slow-mo thing it's super cliche and I don't like how it looks it looks jagged on the screen when they do it, uh, it like it's like Oh my God, I it's loved like it because I was pretending I was Brie. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> giggling like that's what I would see if I was dancing with Roger. You, you know what Mary was thinking the entire time? What? <laughs> yep. Just picture it, guys. Slow motion that part. And just picture yourself seeing that. <laughs> that's what, down. That's down. what Mary was thinking the entire time. Don't be smacking my man. Oh my God. No! 
seriously, dude. Seriously, you're <laughs> such a freaking nerd with and, Roger. And that's why you love me. I and do. that's why you're actually liking Brian Rogers I so do. much I, too. But I just didn't like the slow-mo. You're I thought welcome. that I thought that was it just it's when you look at it, it looks jagged. It doesn't look uniform and it's just very cliche and it's like it's super awkward. But everything leading up to that, the the slow-mo was fantastic. I love that whole bit. The other one though is the green screen at the end with Claire and Jamie. Yeah. Now listen, I know a lot of people have been hopping on this, the the whole green screen thing, and, and I get it. It's on par with the bang hate. The green screen hate yeah. and the bang hate. But I think the bang hate is currently winning. The bang the bang, the bang hate episode. the bang hate sucks. He needs dude. a headband. Oh my god. <laughs> just needs a whole new wig. Terry Dresbach just needed to say, before I leave, please just make Jamie. Get rid of these freaking bangs. Oh my god, just give that's Jamie terrible. A headband with some leftover kills. It, it just looks dirty. And it looks like dog hair. That's what it looks to me. You know those dogs with the we super long know, hair? We all know, Blake. We all know. Okay. We don't need to talk about it because we all know. But We're li- off seeing it listen, every week. Go away, Banks. For, for Outlander and for any other show, I can actually look past the green screen because sometimes a show is just trying to tell a story where it's necessary to have a green screen. Like, yeah. y- And you can look past it because that's just part of the DNA of the show. Yeah. The problem that I feel like everybody is getting on Outlander for it is... We have been spoiled. very spoiled with the surroundings and the settings of Outlander because they've all been natural. They've all been real settings. Mm-hmm. And our eyes have been trained to have that spectacular setting and that spectacular scenery in Scotland. That scenery is part of the visual vocabulary of Outlander. Agreed. And then all of a sudden, we have to go from that those natural, beautiful settings to sometimes getting them, but you know, supplementing it with this really weird green screen, especially when you and where where it really shows, where it really shows is when you have two real people like mm-hmm. Jamie and Claire, or real objects like bushes and trees. And you, they're put in front of that green screen. Yes. And your eye is just too smart. It, your eye is trained to discern the uncanny valley, like the 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 fakeness of it all. Correct. If they just had a green screen, a shot, a digital shot, like uh, last season with the digital shots of the ships. Yeah. You, you, your eye wasn't like, oh my god, that's so fake. You just you just accepted it because it's a digital shot with digital things. But when you put real people in front of these digital uh, scenes or objects, it's like, ooh. It kind of reminds me of the uh, the digital baby in, in uh, Twilight. Stop. Remember that? I, how, yep. <laughs> You're like, oh my, why didn't you just have a real baby? Like, what are you, talk, what are you talking about? Anyway, but my great. And so, but those bad things, they're kind of nitpicky. It is what it is. And and I think that speaks more to the 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 quality of the episode. Because they're just nitpicky. Mm-hmm. But the great, absolute great, what made the the whole episode for me. I just pulled up a picture of that baby from Twilight. Oh my God. It's right? so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh man. The absolute great is the moment between Roger and Bree when he greets her at the airport. It's this super awkward like embrace and are they going to kiss? Are they not going to kiss moment? And they just, they're like, they're both trying to figure their way through it. Mm-hmm. And they, the cliche is a picture shows a thousand words. It tells, it says a thousand words. 
And absolutely, it's a cliche for a reason. Yes. You don't need to hear any dialogue. You don't need to hear any voice. You don't need to hear anything. You immediately know, instantly, the status of this relationship the second you see the two embrace and have this awkward moment between each other, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell that they're like excited to see each other, but they're not really sure how to how to how to interact and like, oh my God, I'm just so happy to see you and but we're not close enough yet to kiss and I've only talked to you a couple of times and this and that. So good. So good. Which makes it even fun which makes it even more worse when Roger ends <laughs> up is like, hey, you want to marry me? Dude like two, like two days ago, you weren't even sure if you wanted to kiss me when you first saw me, and now you're asking me to marry you? Yeah, like, you sang a song, you're cool. and But it, are you marriage-worthy yet? Yeah, you sang a song, you're cool. <laughs> but and you got great, your beard game's on fire, but are you ready to be married? Marriage, like, items yet. Have, having four kids. Yeah, and a, and a couple of dogs, and... It, I don't blame Brie. Who are you? So what I'm getting at- Are you Gaston? <laughs> what I'm getting at is- My wife, massaging my feet by the fire. I just think- You don't know what I'm talking about? I, of course I know what you're talking about. You're the one who was singing Gaston at, in the middle of the night the other night. I know. Um, I just think that going from that awkward kiss to where they were and that visual storytelling is, is just- Agreed. It's spectacular. It's spectacular. It really was. And uh, our girl, Jennifer Yale, made that happen. She rocks. So, uh, how do you want to attack this episode, my darling? I don't know. You know, why don't we start with Roger and Bree, and then yes, we'll move. Yes, please. Because I, <laughs> man. Yes, please. Man, you're welcome. Oh, all right. So we'll start with them, and then we'll move into Jamie and Claire, okay. and all, and do all that other stuff. So, um, I just th- there's another moment that stood out to me when when Bree calls him her boyfriend oh yeah she lays that down she also lays that kiss oh oh yeah she's just like give me a kiss i thought that was a great little moment too like the car goes wild Bree's Bree's a strong strong willed woman brie is an absolute amalgam of both her mother and her father she has this like uh, she has this like beauty about her number one Mm -hmm. but also like just this charisma that yes. her father has. And yet strength. And like stubbornness mm-hmm. and strength and I'm going to do what I want to do type feel from her. Sophie Skelton was so good in this episode. She really was, dude. <laughs> right? Oh my We're God. We're like, oh, we like Brie now. We it, like Brie. I mean- Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I'm just saying that Brie was a struggle for a while on screen as she was supposed to be. Struggle ain't the word, kid. She was supposed to be, but now <laughs> it was really enjoyable to see her on screen. I will say that- I really feel like both Roger and Bree came into their own in this episode. Agreed. Especially Sophie Skelton with her accent. I always felt like since season two, her accent was really labored. Like she was, you know, it's like when someone tries the Boston accent that mm-hmm. like like Benedict Cumberbatch, when he did the Boston accent, you're like, oh my God, dude. Oh, you're trying way too hard. She, it, she probably listened to Outlander cast over the break, over Droughtlander. Yeah, I know. Filming, <laughs> and they said, we know about this podcast with these two weirdos from New England. Okay. And if you listen to them enough. <laughs> you, you're going to get it. You're going to get how to speak like a New England. I'll tell you, I felt like she wasn't trying. She, it, it, I always felt like she was just like pushing it out because that's what she needed to do and she didn't she she wasn't comfortable with it but 
Do you think that she was a lot less labored with her accent and her yeah. acting in this episode? I think she listened to Outlander cast <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> on repeat, over and over and over again. Roger said, "Where do you want? When do you want to meet at the at the games?" And she said, "After dark." After dark, I want to meet meet you after dark over by the park. By the packy. <laughs> Go get a couple of beers at the packy. Maybe stop by Dunks after. <laughs> Because I'm going to be wicked tired. <laughs> I wanted a medium hot coffee, extra, extra. Maki Mark and I were chatting last <laughs> night. <laughs> Don't go dying. Oh my God. I I almost passed out. I, I laughed so hard. The world went black for a minute. <laughs> oh my God. Holy. You're beat red. Holy smokes. That was. Who knew Marky Mark would do that to you? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, Come my, back my cousin knew Maki Mark. He was on his <laughs> dance team. <laughs> oh, Hey, my girl's dating someone who was hanging out with Maki Mark. Oh, my God. No joke. This is how it happens in New England, guys. This is how it happens. So I really think Sophie Skelton has got her... Got her uh, a game up for New England's New England. <laughs> we, we love Sophie and... <laughs> Maki <Smoky> Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I liked? Oh, what'd you like? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. The ketchup. This is, this is already derailed. The French fries. Oh yeah, great oh, little that. moments. Great so little sweet. moments. It reminded me of the Boston cream a little bit, but the, it was much better. <clears throat> like this, there's nothing better than hearing Rogers say Boston cream pie. Nothing. But like the whole thing is like, I actually come on. want some right now hey, just because you said it. We're, we're in America. They're called French fries. You know, and, and so cute. Just that whole sequence, that whole drive time sequence between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, I I never felt like Outlander the show earned the relationship between Roger and Bree. I always felt like it it was um the love that Roger and Bree had for their relationship was based on the equity from the books. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like you needed to have been a book reader to appreciate the attraction, the love. I mean, yes, they're both beautiful yeah, people, it, but yeah. like, I agree that on screen we weren't able, to, we weren't able to fall in love as much as we needed to, and this episode did that for us. Right, and and, and the 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 show has never, in my opinion, justified the existence for their relationship. Gosh, that's a really harsh phrase to say. Can you say that a little less harsh? justified their exist the existence for their relationship well yeah because like i mean yeah I mean, they're, they're I, sweet I think, nerds well i think we got a, a smidge i think we got a smidge in season three with the boston clean pie oh my gosh and, what about like the traveling and looking at the you know driving in the car and sightseeing together that was cute. no but, but again and maybe because it was due to sophie skelton's i what i feel like labored acting at the time um but i just i never felt like Oh my God! These two are supposed to be together. This is amazing. I love seeing them on screen. Like I said, you got a little bit of that at the end of season three, but I think this episode has totally changed. Agreed. That. Agreed. And I'm in on Roger and Bree. I'm in on it because they're 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 so fiery, both mm-hmm. of them. And and as hard as it was to hear Roger say like, "Well, yeah, you know, you're, you know, I want to, you want to, you can, you can f me, but you don't want to." Uh, be married to me like it was hard to hear that it was hard to see Bree slap him and but the, the redeeming thing about the whole the whole part of it was yes they had this argument he's at the thing waiting for his name to be called 
and she she is not there, but he looks back and all of a sudden there she is. Mm-hmm. And they're both willing to say, wow, that was really dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really sorry. And of course it gets derailed. Mm-hmm. It, it totally gets derailed. But just that, that yes. it's just a young relationship relationship and they're doing young stupid things and saying young stupid things to each other mm-hmm. and I, I I'm I'm in I'm in I loved actually when Claire was talking to Jamie about how she spent so much time away from Brie and how uh, maybe that's why Brie chose history as her major because she felt more connected to Frank and yet as you said in this episode we saw hey Jamie Claire baby now grown up Right. Like literally this is Jamie and Claire's daughter in mm-hmm. so many ways, personality wise and sex drive wise, like and I'm going to do what I want and uh, and take the lead for a little bit. Uh, when 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 the shirt ends up on the, the, the stags, what well, the deers, uh, yes. the antlers, even I was like, oh, hey, girl. Right. Hey, girl. Like she she's got no problem letting you know what what's what's up. She's um, no monk. And the direction, I think, for this portion, when, when we're talking about Roger and Bree, the direction here by your boy Ben Bull. Um, excellent stuff. The 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 portion with Roger singing and the two looking at each other, talking to each other, even when they meet, like he takes the whole frame and fills it with their face. Mm. And there's there's little room for interpretation about what they're feeling because you see it in plain sight. It's yes. right there. He allows the actor to fill that frame with what they're trying to convey. So when he's singing or when they meet at the airport or whatever, fantastic stuff. And there's also this great transition as well. Um, when we're going back and forth from Jamie and Claire mm-hmm. to Roger and Bree. Mm-hmm. Roger and Bree are on the highway driving down into South Carolina. And there's this... North. Fanta- uh, sorry, North Carolina. I got you, boo. And there's this fantastic transition of them driving on the highway. And it goes to Jamie and Claire in the same perspective on the trail. Maybe even on the same road. Oh, I think that's what they're implying. Guys, you know, like seriously, it, how it, cool. Some how cool. some really great stuff. I love it. So before we get into the rest of the Jamie and Claire stuff, we just want to talk to you quickly about the awesome Caswell Massey. Castle Massey has 266 years of experience bringing only the best products to their customers. And in fact, some of their current products still use recipes and ingredients that they've been working on for centuries. Do, they, do you think they include wooden teeth? I told you I was going to get wooden teeth in every one. Castle Massey's Centuries line offers beautiful fragrances, plant-based, triple-milled bar soaps, cream lotions that work while moisturizing beautifully, and soon-to-be liquid soaps in almond, sandalwood, my favorite, oh, hey girl. verbenia, and lavender. Wow. This collection celebrates the natural scents of these ingredients, and so they are all single-note fragrances as a tribute, meaning the scent, it's uninterrupted. Oh. All of these products, too, are sold separately, but recently have come out as a gift set like the sandalwood we gave out last week which are honestly all perfect for the holidays so to find out more about Castle Massey's dedication to quality or for those Black Friday deals remember we talked about it earlier up to 25% off and heck for you they're throwing in an extra 20% off that discount because it's the Outlander Cast Clan that rules seriously that's like up to 45% discount guys go to castwellmassey.com and enter the code OutlanderCastBF at checkout like Black Friday or you want to know what I just thought like your best friend 
Podcast. Well, Matsy, Outlander Cast, we're all your best friends. That's right. Outlander Cast BF. And to keep up with their products, promotions, and learn more about the rich history of their brand and their ingredients, you can also follow them on social media at Caswell Massey. If it's good enough for George Washington, it's good enough for you. That's all I'm going to say. That's like that's one of the major selling points for me. Seriously. I love that. I love that George Washington Here comes a general. <laughs> we need to have a Hamilton podcast. The moment you've been waiting for. <laughs> okay. George Washington. You just need to have that clip while we talk about Castle Massey. That's and whenever a good point. you want whenever you want to mention your boy. I, I, that's what I'm gonna that. do. Next next you. week I'm gonna do I'm gonna bring up some Hamilton. Deidre Stock's gonna be so proud. <laughs> you did done good, Deidre. All right. So we're moving into the Jamie and Claire storyline. Yep. Which whoa. Okay. Wow, yeah. First, they leave Auntie Jocasta. Oh, your girl Auntie ain't happy. Oh, you know. All right. I know she has slaves. I know. I know. Okay. We dealt with that in episode two. So just just hold those emotions up. Let's close that door. Okay. Aside from that, poor Auntie Jocasta. Okay. She's alone. Her husband's kept dying. She's stuck in America. And here comes Jamie. And all she wishes is that she could see his face. And she tried and tried and tried to have him stay. But we all know and understand why Jamie and Claire don't want to stay. But can we just have a moment and stand in Auntie Jocasta's really nice shoes on that really nice upholstered couch? (laughs) In that really nice house. Dang. On that really nice river. Dang. (laughs) And she's saying, are you serious? (laughs) What are you talking about? Who's going to come over for Thanksgiving? Yeah. You guys don't even know what Thanksgiving is. You're probably going to miss it. <laughs> Goodness. You get, you get these other jabronis knocking down her door, try, trying She's, to try to get in on it. Oh my it. gosh, it wasn't even like weeks have gone by. It was like, hi, we're going to burn and kill you, Jocasta. And then Jamie and Kyle like, so we're going to peace out. Deuces. And Jocasta's like, I can't flip and see. <laughs> where are you going? We don't know. We yeah. don't know where we're going. We're just getting out of here. Maybe we'll write you a letter. And she's like, oh my God. Gosh, goodness, goodness, goodness. So, of course, you know, she's able to lay her heart out for Jamie. But man, the icy cold female interaction between her and Claire. Listen, uh, auntie, auntie knows how to go alpha dog. She knows how to go alpha dog. And she should. She's the owner of of River Run. Sure. She needs to be able to do that, especially as a female at that time. Mm -hmm. But holy smokes. She gives Claire the business. She's like telling him, telling her you're holding her back. And do you think that Claire is holding Jamie back? There, there's a real question for you. What do you think, darling? I don't know, man. I mean, I know it happens. And as they say in this episode, Jamie kind of loves to be naughty. He's he was totally yes. like Harry Potter, where he put the the hat on, mm-hmm. and uh, you're a wizard, Harry. The Sorting Hat was like, so I see that you're really brave. That's cool. Like you're kind of Gryffindor, but why do you want to keep being a smuggler? Why do you want to keep being someone who's wanted by the law? What's going on here? And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah. Yeah, I like to be naughty a little bit. So because of that, um, I think that it's because Jamie is so smart that really having a desk job, (laughs) aka the printing job, Mm -hmm. just isn't his cup of tea, which is why he would have flourished like Auntie Jocasta said. Sure. He was made to lead. Um, Yes, he is. I think he's a leader by nature. And the show has been telling you that, I think, throughout its whole run, even in is starting i think especially in season 2. You know i think you know, no matter what because of the the slavery issue it just could not have happened. But let's be real, that household 
Oh, man. It mm-hmm. would have been weird having Claire and Jocasta all the time sitting and having dinner together. Oh, Claire, I heard that you didn't want to wear the pink dress today. Oh, I guess <laughs> pink's not your color. Like, I bet you Jamie said, you couldn't pay me enough to have to be in a household with those two women. <laughs> I'm already going to have to hang out with them on some holiday called Thanksgiving. That is one time, once a year, that's all I can flip and handle. <laughs> I have to eat a turkey? What's that? <laughs> they have turkeys I, I don't know. I'm in just the UK. Saying, I'm just saying. Don't you remember the Christmas carol? And Scrooge is like, hey, you, buy the biggest turkey. <laughs> the little boy down below? Yes. Okay. Yes, you're welcome. I, no, I recall. I recall. Um, <laughs> one of the I questions I have. I they have turkeys in Scotland. Here I am saying just the UK, but I don't really don't know. I'm uh, going to Google that. One of the questions, you, you know what? This was going to be a... Um, this was going to be a, an outlandish theory of mine. When you Google, do they have turkeys? It comes up, do they have turkeys in Turkey? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I wonder if Claire has this hmm, supernatural connection to those who are also travelers. Like, if you recall in season three, when she touched what we end up to find out, which is Galus's bones, that she knew how the person was murdered like she knew and mm-hmm. y- she knew how things went down with that person right and she touches the bones the skull that she sees and the skull and Galus was a traveler and the skull that we see has silver fillings which she, as claire states won't be invented for another hundred years or so which means this guy or this person who's a skull if anyone's wondering i found a recipe for cook a traditional scottish christmas turkey so i think they do which means that this indian guy the one that she has the vision of yes that he was a traveler as well okay p.s does anyone else feel awkward feeling like we need to be politically correct since it's 2018 and we feel like even though they're being called indians in the show that we feel like we need to be calling them native americans i I don't people i don't um I don't feel awkward about it because the show is is make is allowing it, and since the show is allowing it, I I think it's I think it's fair game for Outlander cast for for Outlander cast. I I think it's fair game. If you guys, if you listeners out there, the Outlander cast clan says otherwise, I'm happy to to, to change it and just. I am so carefully PC programmed that I feel like I will only be able to say Native Americans. Well, but continue. Yeah. But you know, but, but I'm I, not, no, I get what I'm you're not saying. being derogatory. I'm just no. using the terminology that I the agree. show is using. I'm just wondering for conversations that go on on Twitter or Facebook or amongst friends in regards to Outlander. Right. Are you feeling a little naughty? So I just wonder if Claire has this connection with travelers, uh, mm. and that is why she's able to see uh, the ghost. The ghost. And also another great bit of editing and camera work there, oh, yes. having having the guy come in and out of the picture the as the as the flashes come down mm-hmm. and this this vision. Um, Claire kept her something together. Oh I would have been screaming, saying, "What the heck's going what on? What is Get that me? noise?" I've been throwing things. <laughs> right. Um, so I I I really like this. I liked that. Uh, and I've never seen the world so up in a flame or up in a flutter about zippered up boots uh, than I have uh, when it came to, when it comes to this episode. Okay. Like I, Twitter I lost its mind about zippers about the zipper on Claire's boots. Why? Because they forgot that Claire had those boots when she came over. Guys, Claire just came from the 1960s. 
all those boots got zippers. <laughs> so Wait, I, why are people upset? No, I don't think they're upset. They just they collectively lost their mind because the boots had zippers. And I think a lot of them, a lot of people forgot. Were a lot of people being like, the costuming department has gone to shite now that Terry's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the mistake they made. They had a zipper boot. They went to Target for her shoes. You know who wouldn't have done that? Maki Mark. Oh my God. <laughs> Because we keep on saying zippers. I know. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, uh, and then we also have this great little bit of supernatural mystery element here too with the boots. And how did they get to that creek? How did the the footprints yeah. get stuck there? Uh, this is when you know Outlander is at its best. Yes. Because it's introducing these elements where you're like, ooh. Like that, remember that first season with the blood on the on the mm-hmm. on the door frames and the 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 summoning and and the the druids dance. It all just the felt little Outlander magic. Yeah, it felt magical. Yes, um, and not in like a Harry Potter magic, but just like a just like a mystic little pixie. Like dust. it's just interesting. Like wow, that is otherworldly. Correct. You know, in, in some form or fashion. Um, and, and how chill once again was Claire when she's like, "I didn't walk these boots over here." Well, you she, didn't walk- she, I think she has every opportunity to be chill because she just passed through stones twice. I know, but that's what I'm getting at is that Claire, who's like this really sensible woman, mm-hmm. she herself has done these magical things. Now she's holding on to the silver silver filling skull. Boots, boots, but walking around. By by the way, putting a a skull into her bag like it's NBD. Oh my gosh, Claire, (laughs) where's your hand sanitizer? Where's your on guard? (laughs) Goodness gracious. I need to... I just feel like I need to make a gif of Auntie Jocasta just saying, goodness gracious, because I feel like that's what she would do. She would absolutely say that. Of course, Claire would put a skull in her bag. (laughs) Walking around with zippers. What is a zipper? Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, I I really feel like what Jamie and Claire do here is they finally find their place. And why I really loved this portion with Jamie and Claire is is what I was hoping for from this season. And I want to get your take on it, honey, which is they're just surviving. Like, you know, it's... Obviously, well, they're not hungry enough to eat all the strawberries (laughs) off the ground. But like, you know, there's this thing where, you know, you could make an argument, like, is is it kind of lame that like Claire gets lost and she's separated from Jamie? I don't think it's lame. They've spent so many times like separating the two. Um that it's like okay they did it again but luckily luckily they resolved it by the end of the episode which is which is great but they're just surviving is that something that you think the show is really good at or do you want to see more action involved out of it no i love drums of autumn because of moments like this the okay. simplicity the the real living in the mountains in the woods and how something as simple as not oh, by baiting abating Abiding? Abiding. Abiding. I'm like, this word is not coming out right. <laughs> Abiding by the buddy system. Okay? okay, there's a buddy system rule for a reason, Claire. <laughs> they should have taught you that in the war. Mm-hmm. Don't just go going after Clarence by herself in a storm. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. So not now fun. Claire has learned the buddy system rule. At least we think. Probably not. Hopefully she has. Until she gets Sassanok wasted again, <laughs> and then she'll go off into the woods again by herself. All right, so you want to get to the Outlander cast staff thought of the week? I surely do. This one comes by the way of uh, a familiar voice. I'm very happy that she's back for this for this one uh, for this one for this one segment. Yes, it's it's your girl Kendra. 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 Let's uh, take it away. <laughs> Thank you. 
Karen Blake. It's great to be back this week, and it's been wonderful hearing the different perspectives from the rest of the staff. I'll get right to it. I absolutely loved this episode. It wasn't perfect, certainly not in a way that you might say of the Garrison Commander or the Devil's Mark. But this episode just made me so inexplicably happy that I've got to give it 4.9 kilts. The only issue I had was some uneven delivery from Sophie early on in the episode, but she shines in her weightier moments playing well off Richard Rankin. The main thing I want to touch on, though, is the stag imagery. Considering it's even the focus of the title card, I think it's safe to say this is our theme. We open with a gigantic wicker stag. This sets us up to look out for more instances where the stag will appear. In mythology, the stag represents innocence and purity. It also represents a gatekeeper to the dream world. So if we keep that in mind, we get a pretty clear series of beats. We get the actual wicker stag representing Roger's hope for his future with Bree. Then we get Clarence, which how great is it that we always hear him before we see him? Clarence stands in as a surrogate stag, leading Claire away so she can find the opal and the skull. Then she's led back to Jamie by a literal spirit guide where they find their future home. If Clarence hadn't led Claire away from the main path, they never would have found Fraser's Ridge. When Roger goes to Bree's cabin, we see the mounted stag head on the wall. This represents not only Roger's dream of Bree, but how he sees her. It represents her purity, but she tosses her blouse over it, almost mocking that version of herself that Roger thinks he knows. It's stuffed and mounted, giving the semblance of life, but long dead. Later, when she's rejected him yet again, Roger stands and watches as the wicker stag and his hopes for a future with Bree go up in flames. Claire and Jamie chase their guides and find their dream home. And Roger chases his and finds his dreams dashed. If you're a nerd like me and you love stag imagery, I wrote uh, a longer piece on uh, stag imagery in pop culture. And that's for the Living Reminders blog, so you can go ahead and check that out. One gaffe that I noticed was the fake moss lifting up off of the tree branch where Jamie ties Clarence. Uh, In the next shot, you can clearly see that the moss is kind of wrinkled. So, oops. I've heard pushback about the end being overly corny with the we'll call it Fraser's Ridge line, and maybe it is a little, but I don't care. After last week, it made me happy, and it also gave me Little House on the Prairie vibes. It felt episodic in the absolute best way. It makes for really great long-form television, if not necessarily the most compelling reading. Sorry. I loved it, loved it, loved it, and can't wait for next week. Back to you guys. Sayonara from Japan. All right, Kendra, thank you so much. As always, it's you know it's just good to hear her voice back it on is. this uh, back it on is. this uh, thought of the week. I, I enjoy it. I agree. I enjoy it. All right, uh, I got an outlandish theory of the week. Are you ready? Do tell. Well, outlandish theory of the week is brought to you by Minute with Mary. Hey guys, so Minute with Mary, of course, is a great place to check out your skincare and your makeup. And the reason that we wanted to make sure that you knew about Minute with Mary is because it's like the holiday shopping week. This is where it kicks off and there's a lot of things going on. So make sure you search the hashtag Minute with Mary on Facebook so I can hook you up. All right. So it was great to see Ian today and having him come into his own and like being BFFs with, uh, with uh, John Quincy Myers and, and, and having that relationship, something tells me, and and like and and also knowing that 
he's staying in America. It's probably something that his mother wouldn't want or his father wouldn't want. But it was great to see that he's telling Jamie, listen, by the time you were my age, you were already fighting over in France. You become a man. And mm-hmm. and convincing Jamie, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And mm-hmm. Jamie was fully opposed to to Ian doing Ian things. And again, this budding friendship with John Quincy Myers is nice. I just got this sneaking feeling that Ian is going to get himself into trouble again. He's absolutely going to get himself into trouble again. And he said something that was leaning towards the way that I'm going, which is like, listen, I've been through all of this. I've been kidnapped. I've run with pirates. I almost got killed. I've been in a freaking hurricane. And he just seems to find ways to get himself taken or getting in trouble or he just seems like one of those kids that like bad stuff happens to him he needs a break, all the time you know he does need a break he needs to like he's chill like out the frodo baggins of this crew you he's know you're absolutely like, Poor frodo kid. Poor frodo he is totally he needs frodo. to stay on that elven ship <laughs> um, eat some more latmus bread yes you know uh i just feel like he's gonna get himself in trouble, especially if he is going to be friends with John Quincy Myers and he's going to go off and do something stupid, get caught somehow. And my guess, my guess is that he runs into Stephen Bonnet. And one way or another, he runs into Stephen Bonnet and there's trouble a brewing and that's how Stephen Bonnet comes back into the story. It's not enough vinegar in this world to fix a bonnet. No. <laughs> so that is my outlandish theory. My darling, what do I get out of that one? Interesting. Hmm, that... That one doesn't, that interesting sounds like I'm kind of full of it. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Okay. Mock me. Please hang up and try again. Okay. We've got a couple of giveaways that we want to tell you about this week. All right. The first giveaway we got from Caswell Massey is actually the Centuries EDT sampler, which, what, what is that, right? Yeah. What, what is that? I assume it's a sampler of the ones that I talked about it, earlier. Exactly. That's what hey. it is. It's uh, uh, it's four 50 milliliters in the almond and sandalwood and the Love. verbena and Love. lavender. Love. Oh, you know, you know how special lavender is to <laughs> outlander folk. Okay. This one is actually a $60 value and you can find this one. Over at OutlanderCastClan.com. Nice. It's uh, for it's for the clan members over there. But then we also got a second one too, which is the Centuries Lavender Gift Set. What? More lavender. Lav- lavender. It's calming, oh, and I'm not gonna lie. This time of year, I can use some calming in my life. I, you know, whenever I hear the word lavender, you know how I always equate always with Snape. Yeah. I hear lavender, and I equate it with Blackjack Randall, no matter what. A lot of Outlander fans. Do. I just I can't look at lavender ever the same again. But I still love lavender. It smells so good. It does it smell calms good. Me down. So this one actually has the one fifteen milliliter of a bottle of lavender, the lavender bar soap, and also lavender lotion. And this one is a value of forty nine ninety five, right? Nice. And you can actually find this one at Outlander. Outlanderclan.com. Awesome. All right, so the first one is outlandercastclan.com and the second one is outlandercastclangiveaway.com. You'll be able to sign up for them. We already we're going to get our winners for the previous week's giveaways tomorrow. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this now, uh, whenever you're listening to it, that's probably <laughs> the day after this you're is recorded. You're confusing me, Blake. Doesn't you're matter. Confusing my brain. So, I just want to say these are great giveaways. And make sure you go to castlemassey.com and do take advantage of this freaking phenomenal. BF. 
We're your best friends, Phenomenal guys. deal that they're giving you for, for Black Friday. Uh, just stop wasting your time. Stop worrying about gifts. Just go there. You know you're going to get the good stuff. And buy all the stuff for all your Christmas presents because, hey, why waste the time? Right? Why waste the time? Just go there and buy it. My darling, are you ready to close this bad boy out? This yes. uh this mocky mock po- podcast <laughs> worthy podcast? Wicked ready. Wicked w- wicked good guy. I once loved a lot. I loved up seaweed. It's your boy Roger singing. I know. This comes courtesy of Angela Hickey. Thank you very much for giving me this file. Thank you. Thank you. You want to let this one ride? Uh, we have a lot to say, but we can. We can. But no, she can enjoy it. Me for my love. So good. For she's gone to be with this song a lot better than the song of death singing in the pub yeah that one i would not sing along to this one this one i would enjoy well we want to thank so many of you first of all you yeah you right there (laughs) you can smile i'm thanking you because you took the time to listen to this podcast and we really appreciate it letting us into your lives into your gym into your car into your kitchen wherever you're listening to this episode and we appreciate it because we know that you took the time to do that we also right. want to thank those who have taken the time to leave us a written review in your podcast app of choice this week it goes to Navy97 who said love your podcast I look forward to each and every podcast you guys are great well thank you Navy97 thank you're you. great too you're great too we also want to thank our patron community. All the people over there at OutlanderCastClan.com, that fantastic community. You make all of this happen, and you and it's a it's a wonderful community where, community where we actually have all this extra special stuff, and we make it all happen with all these people who have these great conversations all the time. So thank you guys. Thank you very much. We especially want to thank people who are at the associate producer level. That's Carolyn, Celine, Diane, Heather, Jennifer, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, and Patricia. Our co-producer level, which is Barbara, Callan, Dana, Dieta, Janet, Keelan, Lisa, Liz, Mary, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Sue, Tara, Tina, and Tracy. And last but not least, our executive producer level, Anne, Bobby, Jen, Peg and Sarah. Thank you all and thank you to the Outlander cast staff. We love you guys. For now, I'm Mary. I'm Maki Mark. <laughs> and you've been listening to Outlander cast.